Father, we just thank you. We praise you for your word tonight. Thank you for every person here, Father. I pray that not one of us would leave untouched by your power. We thank you, Lord, that there's life in your word. And we thank you that we're nourished in words of faith. Lord, I thank you that your word will bring nourishment to us tonight. I thank you, Father, and praise you that you equip us, Lord, to to follow your plan, your purpose through your word tonight. We praise you for it. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone that agreed said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. Maybe I should get my Bible. That might might help us tonight, right? All right. Praise the Lord. We are in um, starting a new series that we're calling Following God's Plan for Your Life. So uh, I'm excited about it. uh, Rebecca mentioned this morning, she said... uh, I'm excited to come and hear this, and I said, yeah, I'm excited myself to find out what it's going to be about, because <laughs> I had the topic, but I hadn't really started studying things out. I, I mean, I had some things in my, uh, in my heart that I knew should be, probably should be said, but really hadn't started really studying it out and fleshing it out till this afternoon after prayer school, and so here we go. It's going to be a good series, I believe, and so... Uh, the number one, point number one, if you want to take notes tonight, is this. God does have a plan for your life. We're talking about following God's plan for our lives, and we need to acknowledge, number one, yes, He does. God does have a plan for your life. You know, uh, in fact, why don't we say that? Say, God has a plan for my life. Turn to your neighbor and look at them and tell them, say, God has a plan for your life. Amen. All right. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I know you know this, and this is in the New International Version. It says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. So right there, God makes it very plain. He has plans for us. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Praise God. So God does have a plan, plans actually, for each of our lives. And then this verse, Psalm Psalm 139, in Psalm 139, verse 16, he says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Notice, notice that first statement, though. Your eyes saw my what? Unformed body. So personhood, according to the Bible, personhood is established at conception. That's even before your body is formed. Well, it's just a clump of cells. Well, it's just a fetus. Well, it's not really viable. Well, it's not really a person. Oh, yes, it is. God says it is. God's Word says it is. You saw, your eyes saw my unformed body. Even before that body was formed. Amen. He says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book. That sounds like a plan to me. Sounds like God has a plan. All the days ordained for me were written in whose book? In God's book. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say more about this passage, this scripture later in the series, but for now, I want to point this out. The days 
that phrase, all the days ordained for me. Now, that day, I don't believe, and I believe that I've got a lot of scriptural support for that, that that, that that means every single day of our life. That, in other words, that day that you faced, uh, that day that you faced trouble and tragedy, God didn't ordain that day. I'm glad too of you agree with that. We got some work to do. I see we got some work to do tonight. God did not ordain days of hardship and days of tragedy and days of trouble. All right. So they're not necessarily, it's not necessarily every single day of our life, okay? God didn't ordain those bad days. But he does have a plan for our life, and he's got a book. He says, all those days that were ordained for me were written in your book. Think about that. God's got a huge book that's got your story in it and my story and how they intersect and, and, and all of our stories He's got them written in his book. You're in there. Why? Because God's got a great grand plan. And he includes us in that plan. Hallelujah. His great grand plan is written in his book. And guess what? The plan he has for you is part of that great grand plan. And it's written in there. All the ordained days. Appointed days. Uh, one translation says. And I believe that that includes, or that's talking about, <coughs> again, appointed days or decision days. Days of, de- you know, you've had days of decision in your life, haven't you? And we all have appointed days, where we, or significant days where we can go to the right or go to the left, where we can follow righteousness, or go a different way. We all have those appointed days, ordained days in our life, and those days are written in God's book. Amen. And uh, before, before one of them ever comes to be. Now, and God knows ahead of time which choice. Well, that mean that, that it's all predestination and we don't have a choice? No, it's not saying that at all. Uh, but God knows. God, God has foreknowledge, and He knows in advance what choices we're going to make. And and he, thank God he weaves our life and he weaves the plan he has for our life into his grand plan. And even when we make mistakes, and I'm getting ahead of myself because we'll talk about that at one point in this series. Even when we make mistakes and we seem to veer off of his plan, he still brings us around if we repent, turn to him, and brings us back into, into his good plan that he has for us. Praise God. Now, so what this tells us, uh, over uh, the overriding theme here is that our lives have purpose and our lives have meaning. Hallelujah. Your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And God has written your ordained days into his book. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the, I, I just heard a, a, a very discouraging and sad statistic uh, yesterday on the news that the average age that people are living, you would think is going up, wouldn't you? You would think people are living longer, you know, better, better health practices, better medicine, better medical practices, you know, all of that. 
Do you know that, 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 that the mortality rate's going down? People are, li- people are living shorter periods of t- shorter time on this earth than they were 25 years ago. Isn't that a tragedy? Now, we do have better medicine. We do have better medical uh, care and, and all of that. We do have people or more people, I think, know that they need to eat right. And we got Roland Barber. You know, we got Barber working, getting, you know, getting neutralized into people and teaching them about good nutrition and, and things like that. But what's happening, this is all, this is not physical. This is, this is mental and spiritual. There's so many, there, there are people, more, the suicide rate is up. And, and people, uh, you know, if you, get, if, you, if you live under depression, then that's going to affect your health and you're going to give up and die sooner. And that's happening. That's happening. Because there's hopelessness for people that don't have God in their lives. They don't see any, they don't see any purpose to life. They don't have any meaning. There's no reason for them to hang around here and stay alive. And that's what it is. That's why we're seeing the mortality rate go down. That's sad. But thank God we've got a purpose. Thank God we've, we understand that we've got a God who loves us, a God who created us, a God who cares about us, and a God who has a purpose and a plan for our lives. Praise God. First Peter 1, 18, he says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Peter is writing here, and he's writing to believers. He's writing to people that have come to, to faith in Jesus, and he says, you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has redeemed you, purchased you, and redeemed you from... Go back to the previous, to verse 18 for a second, Royal. You've been redeemed from, he says, the New King James says, aimless conduct. The word conduct really means manner of life or way of living. We've been redeemed from an aimless way of living. We've been redeemed from an aimless manner of life. Hallelujah. Our life has aim now. Our life has purpose now. Hallelujah. We've been redeemed from a life without aim, a life without purpose. Jesus' blood has redeemed us from that. Our lives have purpose. God has a plan for our lives. God has a book with the appointed days of our story written in it. Hallelujah. That's good news. Amen. So number one, God does have a plan for your life. And number two, the plan that God has for your life is good. It's good. Again, Jeremiah 29, 11, let's look at it again. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Praise God. That's the plans that God has for us. Amen? It's a good plan. It's not a bad plan. It's not to do us harm. God's plan is not to bring difficulty and hardship into our lives, but it's a plan of blessing, it's a plan of good things, it's a plan of purpose, and it's a plan of fulfillment. Hallelujah. I want to look at, uh, at three individuals in the Bible 
that uh, God revealed his plan to, that, that revealed to them that he had a plan for them. Uh, first one's Abraham. Let's look at Genesis 12. In Genesis 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Notice he didn't, he said, if you'll follow me, I'll show you where to go. He didn't, he didn't give him the whole plan at once. That's, you, you need to understand that about God's plan for your life. He never shows you the whole plan all, all in advance. Why? Because he wants us to walk by faith. Amen. For one reason. And to a land that I will show you, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name. That all sounds good, doesn't it? I'll bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. And I'll curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow. What a plan. What a plan God had for this man named Abram. And God spoke to him. And God revealed himself to him. And he said, I want you to get out of your country and from your father's house because they worshiped idols. And he says, I'm going to bring you into a land and I'll show you where it's at if you'll start following me. And I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your name great. And you're going to not only be blessed, but you're going to be a blessing. You're going to help other people. And, and, and a matter of fact, in you, and what I do with you, if you follow my plan, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You know, we're blessed today because of Abraham. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. I said, well, how does that, how does that happen? Well, it was because, through Abraham, and because of Abraham, because he decided to take God up on the offer and follow God's plan for his life, and it was through Abraham that the Jewish nation came into being, and through the Jewish nation, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, came, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're blessed because of that. Hallelujah. What a plan. Glory to God. And, of course, it was bigger than one generation, but Abraham got it started. His obedience. See, the, see the plans that God have, has for each of us are bigger than, than one generation, bigger than our lifetime, but we, we have our race to run. We, <coughs> we have our time. We have our moment in history. Praise God. Let's take advantage of it. Let's follow His plan. Let's make, bring our contribution. Amen. And then, and then let's look at, uh, over in the New Testament, let's look at, uh, at this in Luke chapter 5. In Luke 5 verse 1, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Of course, that's talking about Jesus. And the lake of Gennesaret is also known as the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats. Jesus had a plan for this boat, didn't he? But as we see, he also had a plan for the owner of the boat. Hallelujah. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So Jesus had a plan. He wanted to use that boat, didn't he? He wanted to use that boat to do what? To spread the word of God. 
He wanted to use that boat as a vehicle to be able to proclaim the, the Word of God. Amen. And to teach the people. Well, he also wanted, again, he wanted to use the owner of that boat. Verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, again, the point is that, that God's plan for our life is good. It's a plan of blessing. God had a plan for, for Peter and for his boat. And so when Jesus got through using the boat, there were, wasn't holes in it. And it wasn't sinking. And it wasn't in worse shape. Yeah, at least it, went, it wasn't sinking yet. But we'll see how it started sinking. <coughs> so he stopped speaking. He said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a catch. But Simon answered, why? Because God, God wanted to bless him. Amen. If you let God use your boat or your life or whatever you have, then he'll bless it. Amen. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. In other words, Jesus, you do the preaching. You leave the fishing to us. We're professionals. We know what we're doing. And uh, that was supposed to be a joke. All right. And uh, he says, you know, we've, we've toiled all night. We've, we've caught nothing. But thank God he didn't stop there. Thank God he understood and knew enough about Jesus to say, you know, if he's telling me to do this, I probably ought to do it. Uh, Nevertheless, he said, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, when they had let, and notice Jesus said, let down your nets, plural. And Peter said, okay, all right, yeah, okay, we'll we'll let down the net. Uh, You know, at least I'll just have to, at least I'll just have to rewash one of them. Okay, all right, I'll let down a net. So he's kind of half-hearted. And he said, we'll let down a net. And when they had done this, when they would launched out into the deep again and they would let down a net, they caught a great number of fish and their net was... That's why Jesus said, put the nets, plural, out. He knew how many fish were going to come there. And he knew that one net wouldn't hold them, but Peter just had one net faith. Amen. <laughs> And the net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. That's what you call a net breaking, boat sinking, load of fish. I mean, catch a fish. The point is this. When you let Jesus use your boat, when you let Jesus use your life, he'll bless it and he'll reward you. See, the plan that God has for us is never to diminish us but rather to enhance our life and bring increase and bring blessing. Verse 8, let's keep reading, looking at this narrative. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He was so overcome, he was so overtaken, he was so overwhelmed at the miracle that he just saw that he thought, You know, I'm, I'm unworthy to participate in this. I'm a sinful man, and he saw the power of God displayed. He saw a miracle displayed, and he said, you know, I I don't deserve to be in on this. And, uh, you know, once you get a glimpse of the goodness of God and the wonderful plan that he has for your life and that he wants to work in you and through you and for you, you know, you may have this. You may have similar thoughts like, "Oh, well, this is this is too this is too great. This is too wonderful. I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this." But it's Jesus' blood that makes us worthy. Hallelujah. 
And Peter learned that. He says, verse 9, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. And so Jesus not only wanted to use Simon's boat to spread the word of God, he wanted to use Simon himself to spread the word of God. And Jesus did this miracle. Jesus blessed Simon Peter's fishing business. And then he says, from now on, you'll catch men. Verse 11, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Hallelujah. They said, we're going to go with you, Jesus. We're going to connect with you. And what what did, from that day forward, Peter did that. And he followed, think about the impact that the Apostle Peter had. Read through the book of Acts and see how God used this man because he decided to say yes, because he discovered God's plan for his life. He yielded to it. He said yes to it. We we still talk about him today. We still know him today. This fisherman from Galilee, think about it. Because he said yes to God's plan. Wow, praise God. Uh, And then we come to Saul slash Paul. Saul of Tarsus who became Paul the Apostle. And um, I want to read, we can read read it from several different places in the New Testament. It's in in Acts chapter 9, that's where it's first recorded, where you know Saul was a Pharisee, and Saul was persecuting the church. He was full of zeal, and he thought this new, this sect of, uh, of the followers of Jesus, he thought they were, uh, he thought they were uh, heretics and he was trying to rid uh, Judaism and purge Judaism of this dangerous, deceptive sect. And, um, and so he's persecuting these followers of Jesus and he's on uh, the road to Damascus and you know how, what happens, the Lord appears to him and, uh, and calls him. And so... Uh, we're going, to, we're going to read it, though, from where Paul is recounting it uh, when he's uh, standing, uh, I believe he's standing before Agrippa at this... No, I'm not sure. No, he's not talking to Agrippa right now. He's, he's making a defense before uh, the Jews in Jerusalem. In Acts 22, verse 6, he says, Now it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me, and I fell to the ground. And heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you're persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you'll be told all things which are appointed for you to do. Notice that again. Same thing, very similar to what he says to Abraham. He said, get out from your country to a land that I'll show you. I need you to take the step and leave first before I show you where you're going. In other words, God doesn't show us the whole plan at the beginning. If, if, you're, if you're waiting before you ever take a step, 
to follow God's plan for your life, if you're waiting for him to show you the whole plan, then you'll never go anywhere because he doesn't show us the whole plan. Uh, probably one reason, one reason why is if he did, that would be so overwhelming to us, it would freak us out that we wouldn't we'd think, oh, I can't do that. And uh, so he just shows us, gives us one step at a time and leads us one step at a time. So this is what he was doing with Saul. He says, arise and go into Damascus, and there you'll be told all things which are appointed for you to do. Once you get to Damascus, then I can tell you more, and I can show you more, all right? And since I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me. And he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that, hour, that, and at that same hour, I looked up at him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should notice these things, that you should, number one, that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. Three things, three significant things that he told him. He said, He's chosen you that you should know his will, that you should see the just one, and that you should hear the voice of his mouth. Well, God's chosen you that you should know his will. Praise God. That you should know his will for your life and his plan for your life. Praise God. You may never see, you may never have a vision and see Jesus physically or in a vision, but you can see who he is through the word. Praise God. You can know him. You can get to know him personally and intimately and hear the voice of his mouth. You can hear God speaking. You may never hear an audible voice. You may never hear God speaking audibly, but you can hear him speaking to you through the Holy Spirit and guiding you. Amen. And he says, For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. Now, you know, that was, that, the Lord was very merciful because here's the guy that's out persecuting the church. In fact, that's what Jesus, the first thing Jesus talked to him about there in Acts 9, Jesus spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Oh, anyway, and, it, and he mentions it here too. Why are you persecuting me? And, uh, and so the Lord was very merciful to him, though. He, he could have just wiped him out right there and said, you're not going to treat my people that way. In fact, he didn't say, why are you persecuting my people? He said, why are you persecuting me? Did you notice that? Jesus took it personal. You know, our brothers and sisters, our fellow believers in Christ are being persecuted in different parts of the world right now, tonight. And Jesus takes that personal. That's personal to him. They're persecuting the Lord Jesus himself. That's what he says here. But... uh, But he was merciful to Paul, or to Saul at that time. He was merciful to him. He said, the Lord's chosen you, that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth, for you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. God had a plan for that man, didn't he? God had a plan for Saul, who later became, uh, as we know, Paul, and uh, the great apostle who wrote uh, a good section of the Bible. I'll show you how much of the Bible this one man wrote. He wrote from right here. (laughs) He didn't write the book of James. James wrote that one. 
He wrote that much of the Bible. Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, 1st, or Titus, uh, did I say Thessalonians? Let's <laughs> start over. Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, and probably Hebrews. How many is that? 14, about 14 books of the New Testament. Uh, there's 20, 27 books in the New Testament. He wrote half of it. Think about that. So did God have a plan for his life? Did God use him? Amen. So God has a plan for each of our lives, and we can know. Point, the last point tonight is this, number three. You can know his plan. You can know it. You can know and follow his plan. Again, let's, let's fit, uh, close with where we started back in Jeremiah 29. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, he says, For I know the plans... I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now look at verse 12. Then you will call, and once we know that God has a plan for our lives and it's a good plan, what should our response be? Well, right here. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. So, so how do we... How do we find out what God's plan is? Is God's plan just something that just, you know, it just, it just kind of happens to us? We just go, go along in our life and, you know, whatever, you know. Like, like you hear people say, well, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, it does. Some of those reasons are our stupid decisions. Some of those reasons are an attack of the devil. But God's not behind all of it. Amen. That's not God's plan. And so everything that happens in our life, is, that's, not, that's not necessarily God's plan. And we don't just stumble along and bumble along and, okay, whatever happens here, that must be... Now, thank God He can, he can take those things if we follow Him and trust Him and, 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 and work His plan even in the midst of that, but He's not causing that. Amen. And, uh, and so the plan of God is not just whatever happens will happen. We can discover it. And we can know it and, and, uh, and, and actively and on purpose follow and pursue the plan that He has for our lives. We can discover it, we can know it, and we can actively follow it and pursue it. That's the good thing. That's the good news. Amen. Well, how do we do that? Well, He tells us. How to start doing that. You'll call on me, and you'll come and pray to me, and I'll listen to you. It's through when, when, we, when we pray and when we seek God. The next verse, verse 13, says, You'll seek me and find me. You'll do what? Find me. You'll find me when you seek me half-heartedly. Going through some uh, the, the religious motions. No. You will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart, wholeheartedly. Amen.
The next verse says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will be found by you. So we can know God's plan. We can, we can discover that plan. We can know it. And we can actively and on purpose follow that plan and pursue that plan that he has for our lives. We see it, you know, and, and, and the, more, the more that we grow in spiritual discernment, the more that we grow in spiritual maturity, then the more well-defined and the clearer that plan becomes. You know, when you start out, it's like, yeah, I, I sense God wants me to do this. And, and as you begin to take those steps and, and begin to walk in that direction, then, then His plan can become clearer and more well-defined. We see it. We see it in the examples that we looked at tonight with Abraham and with Peter and with Saul slash Paul and certainly many others throughout the Bible. See, as they responded to that first calling of God. See, Abraham didn't know everything, but there in Genesis 12 when God began to deal with him and began to speak to him and say, get out from your country. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. Uh, I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be a blessing. He didn't know everything then. He, he took it, you know, step by step. He learned to walk with God. Amen. And, uh, and, and these others as well, and others throughout the Bible, when they respond to that first calling of God and they begin taking steps in that direction, then the greater, the greater assurance came into them, the greater conviction came uh, that they had of that divine purpose for their life. I can, I can testify that as well and in my life, and I'm still learning, and I'm still growing, uh, and I've been actively, really, pursuing. When I, uh, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit in 1979, that just opened up a whole new world for me, and I, and I became conscious then uh, that, that God had something for me to do, that God had a plan for my life and a purpose, and I didn't, certainly didn't know everything, but as I've, as I've uh, endeavored, I've, and I've not been perfect in it, but as I've endeavored to follow that plan and walk out that plan, these now, what, how long has it been since 1979? <laughs> it's a long time. What is it? How many years is that? 41 years? Is that what that is? 40, yeah, seven, no, 44, right? Yeah, about 44 years. Yeah, going in, it's coming up, in, coming up in May, June, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, for be 44 years. And... Um, but, but the longer I walk with him, the more clear I see. And Well, aren't you about done? No, I'm just getting started. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not finishing, I'm flourishing. Amen. And you ought, to, you ought to make that your confession as well. Praise God. Now, I plan to finish, but I'm not finishing yet. I've got more to do. Amen. Glory to God. But it gets clearer. That plan gets clearer. It gets more, more de- well-defined. Amen. But God does have a plan for each of our lives. It's a good plan, and we can know it. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for every person here tonight, every person that will hear this message on our podcast. Father, I thank you that you have a plan for each of our lives. I thank you, Lord, that our lives and the appointed days, the ordained days of our lives... They're written into your book. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you that that you've included us in your grand plan. 
your grand plan of redemption. Hallelujah. Your grand plan of restoration. Hallelujah. Thank you that we're part of it. Thank you that you saved us. Thank you that you called us. Thank you that you chose us. Jesus, you said we didn't choose you, but you chose us. Thank you. Thank you that you have a plan, Lord, for our lives. And we thank you that it's good. Lord, we thank you that plan's not to diminish us. It's not to harm us. It's not to bring hardship on us, but it's to bless us. And it's to, for us to be a blessing. It's to bring great fulfillment and purpose in our lives. We thank you for it, Father. I pray that you would just guide every person here into the fullness of the plan that you have for them. And I pray that they would rest in faith and rest in confidence in the assurance that you're guiding them, that you're leading them. We thank you for it tonight, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.